Okay, well I'm just going to get rolling on this because it's Christmas time already if you have naughty check. We're at a botany today and there's an awful lot of people on the roads. The question is, at this time of year, what is all this fuss about? How come you can't even get a car park? Huh? Why is that? Why is everybody in the shops? Kmart looks like a rugby match. There's stuff all over the floor. It's a mess. But the point is this. Why is Christmas? Why does the whole world stop? Why do billions of people stop their normal jobs? Put their normal rhythms of their life on hold and focus on this time of Christmas. What is the message of Christmas? Let me summarize the message for you very quickly in one sentence. The message of Christmas is this, that you matter to God so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to earth to show you that you matter to him. That's the whole message of Christmas, just like we've seen here on the, on the stage today. Now there's a word that you're going to hear a lot in the next 24 hours, and you'll be probably hearing it for quite a few days already, and that's the word gift. The word gift. Where did all that thinking and fanatical, uh, fanatical, both of those, frenetic and fanatical pursuit of gifts come from? Well, the tradition of gift giving came first because God gave you the very first Christmas gift. He took the initiative. Before you even thought of him, he sent Jesus for you. So God has a gift for you, and his Christmas gift for you is a person. Not a possession, but a person. And when you accept the gift of Jesus Christ, which is God's gift to you, there are three things that come wrapped up in that person of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pick up the first verse on your outline there. It says, the angel, and I'll see it on the screen, so he said this, don't be afraid, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. And it is for everybody. Nobody's excluded from the good news that came through Jesus Christ. Today, your, notice, your personal saviour has been born. He's not some force in the sky. He's a personal saviour. Today, your saviour has been born. He is Christ the Lord. Give glory to God in heaven, and on earth let there be peace among people who please God. Now, I think it's very significant that the first thing the angel said to the people when he announces that Jesus was born is he said this, don't be afraid. Some of you are afraid of God. But Jesus Christ came to earth not to scare us, but to save us. And he wanted to relate to human beings. So he came as a human being. So that we could know and look at Jesus Christ and know what God was like. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God. So he said, if there is a God, what does he look like? This is what he looks like, Jesus Christ. And as he grew up, that gives you an exact representation of the love of God. Why did he come as a baby? I'll tell you why. Nobody's afraid of a baby. No one. And when you accept the gift of Christ, you get Three gifts wrapped up in him that I've noticed. Number one will be joy. Number two, you're going to get hope. I'm going to come back to those in a second. And number three is harmony. Joy, hope, and harmony. So if you are looking and need some joy in your life, if you need some hope in your life, and you need some harmony in your life, I want to suggest to you, you're going to find those in Jesus. Number one, three side benefits of receiving God's big gift, Jesus Christ. The first one is you accept God's gift of joy. 
You accept it. Like when my wife gives me a present, she may have bought it, but until I receive it, I don't own it. It doesn't apply to me. The angel said, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. So he's saying that I want you to be joyful. And this is a, an earth-shattering thought that God is not a cosmic killjoy. In the sky, trying to make your life miserable. Well, if I give my life to Jesus, I accept his gift, my life will be miserable. That is utterly false. In fact, it'll enhance your joy. There's a big misconception that God doesn't want you to be small and he wants you to have a very sour and dour face. A lot of people think that way of God. They think, well, if I really come to God and they really say, God, if you're there, I want to know you, but I'm a bit scared about that because you may change some things in my life. If you, they think that if I come to God and say, God, I want to be what you really want me to be, and I receive your son, Jesus Christ, and I do what you want to be, that God is going to make your life miserable. That is absolutely not true. The exact opposite is true. God says on the other hand, this is what he says. That's a myth. This is what he says. God says, I've come to give you great news of great joy. That's the truth. The other one's a lie. And the first gift God wants to get you to have is he wants you to be happy that he came. That's great news. That's good news. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life in all its fullness. So enjoy it. I think there yeah, it is there. I gave you, came to give you life. Enjoy it. God wants you to make the most of this precious life that you have. Enjoy that life. Don't waste it, but make your life count. Don't give yourself the things that at the end of the day don't mean a hill of beans. So why not accept the gift of joy that comes with Jesus today? Number two, very importantly, accept God's gift of hope. The Bible says today, your Savior has been born. I once read something that said that if our greatest need had been for information, God would have sent a teacher or an educator if that was our greatest need. If, God, if our greatest need had been for technology, he would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been for money, he would have sent an economist to fix all the, uh, the economic problems in the world. If our greatest need had been for pleasure, he would have sent us uh, a comedian or an entertainer if that was been our greatest need, but it's not. But our greatest need, actually, is for forgiveness. So God sent us a saviour. A saviour. What does that mean? What is salvation? What does that mean? It means three things. I talked about that yesterday. That your past is forgiven. You have a purpose for living. And that you are going to have a home in heaven. Three clear things that salvation entails. Forgiveness, purpose, and a gift in heaven. That's what it means. So how do you let God save you? What does it even mean to be saved? What does that mean? It means that you let God give you those three things. Forgiveness in the past, a purpose in the present, and a home in heaven. Would you accept those gifts? Why wouldn't you want those gifts? I wonder. So as long as though you're trying to save yourself, God can't save you. When you're thinking, well, you know, I don't need anybody else to save me. I can work with all that. I can solve my own problems. I'm a hard-working, fix-it-upper type of guy or gal. I've got my own plans. I don't need God. I don't need anything else. I'm my own boss. And God says, if that's your thought, well, okay, you're free to choose that. But have you ever noticed sometimes 
instill moments and certain inflection points in your life. There's this tension and stress and frustration and anger and worry and guilt and bitterness and purposelessness. You're going through the motions, but why am I doing this? And sometimes even depression that pops up. Where do you think all those things come from? Trying to do God's job. He says, relax and stop trying. Stop trying to save yourself. Stop trying to work your way to heaven and make yourself good enough and earn points with God. The Bible says, relax and accept my gift of hope. Unto you is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. See, he's the Savior. You're not. God's God and you are not. That's a great stress reliever. And then this next verse says, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. That's never, but to save the world. That's God's intention. So he didn't come to put you down. He came to lift you up, lift your head up too, and give you forgiveness from the past, a purpose for living today, and a home in heaven and future. And the third and the final part is one of the Christmas except God's gift of harmony. The Bible says, let there be peace among the people. God wants you to have good relationships. Not just with him, but here's the other part, with other people. That's the hard part, right? He says, I want you, first of all, this is how it works, to get, it, get straight with me, get the relationship right with me, and then I will help you get relationships right with other people. Christmas is a time for reconciliation. It's a time to break down barriers. It's a time to build bridges and restore relationships. They're being broken and damaged. It's a time to say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? But for many people I've noticed at Christmas, it can be quite a tense time. Because it means dealing sometimes with relatives <laughs> that maybe you have some unresolved issues and misunderstandings with. Woo. This is where it really gets interesting. Christmas is a time for reconciliation. Not only do you restore your relationship with God, but with other people this way as well. So first you get your peace with God, and then you get the peace of God in your life. Then you can have peace with other people. The Bible says this, God reconciled us this way to himself through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. But some of you are saying, but you don't know what they did to me. I could never forgive them. I understand that. But that's why you need Jesus Christ. Because I found, maybe you have too, that human forgiveness and human love wears thin. It runs out. We've got good intentions to do that, but then we, we're done. Friend, this is true. You will never have to forgive somebody more than Jesus Christ has already forgiven you. What do you think? Relationships are strained and the divorce rate is so high. Human love runs out. That's why you need God's love in your life. It never runs out. It's an endless supply. There's an endless supply of it. You can say, Lord, would you help me to love that person? Love that person, Lord, through me. And the Bible says this, thanks to be to God for his gift, which is too 
wonderful for words because that life, do you know what? That life has changed so many people that today every time the cash register went ka-ching and it went ka-ching or, or paywave or Apple Pay, whatever you're doing, every time it rang up a transaction, every single transaction referenced this, the birth and the death of Jesus Christ. The date, 2018 after what? Anne Domini, in the year of our Lord. The whole world pivots around that date. Thanks be to God for his, his gift, two wonderful words. Yet some folks at Christmas after Christmas never accept the real and lasting gift that Christmas is all about. Some of you have never accepted God's gift, which is Jesus Christ. And found in him the experience of joy, the experience of hope, and the experience of harmony. So I challenge you this Christmas, tomorrow morning, to sit and to open up God's gift to you and receive him into your life. You could do that tonight. Let's pray. You have to pray out loud because God knows every thought that you have ever thought and are thinking right now. But maybe you want to receive him into your life and it's real simple. All you do is ask him. Just in your mind, pray along with me and say, Dear God, this Christmas I really do want your gift. Yes, please. Jesus Christ in my life. I open my life to Jesus as much as I know how. I ask you to come into my life and put your spirit of love in my life and make me the person you want to be. Forgive me for my sin in the past. Would you give me a brand new purpose for living, Lord? Not just going through the activities of Monday through Friday and hanging out for the weekend. And Lord, thank you that you have a place reserved for me in heaven. Amen.